Joe, it's time to open the presents. Okay, bud. Let's fucking do this. You're listening to the Buzz Kill Podcast. Episode 68, welcome to the Buzzed Kill Podcast, where this holiday season we are thankful for health, hooch, and awesome looking decapitations. <laughs> <laughs> Off with your head! I'm Mike. I'm Jim. And I'm Justin. I was watching a movie that had a really good decapitation in it, alright? So I'm sorry. So I was thankful for it. Did I also watch this movie? I can't remember. No, no. Oh. That might have been a YouTube clip. I don't know. I've been watching a lot the last couple of days. I, I, watched four, I, may have, I watched four I may have just yesterday. murdered someone. And so you. So in our intro, yes, you talk about a movie that we didn't even talk about this week. Yep. That sure just, did. Sure did. Mike, you're not supposed to have a I'm, life. I'm, you're not supposed to have a life outside of this right here. It's, I am thankful. It's not fair to us. Because it is the Christmas season, mm. and this is our Christmas episode. Yes. And Krimbus and... Krampus every, and Krampus all that. Krampus and... All, although what's <laughs> the, although the, what's happening the, with this Christmas, Christmas <laughs> although what's happening with this Christmas season? Um, the great melt is upon us. Oh yeah, we, we had all of our all of our snow is gone. It's just gone. Yep. What was funny? I, I came to work at the studio here today, and it was like nine a.m. Right, and I go up at like take a step outside for a minute at like uh, to go move a car at like uh, one o'clock, mm-hmm. and there was tons of snow on the ground when I came here, and I go outside and there was none. It was all grass, <laughs> and I'm like. What year is this? <laughs> yeah, happened? it was it was weird. We got like an entire winter's worth dumped on us, uh-huh. and then it's gone. Yeah. What was today? Like fifty degrees, something like that. Yeah, it was, it was warm it today. Was nice out. Yeah, it was, nice. it was back to t-shirt weather. Yep. Well, one t-shirt. So we went from t-shirt the next week. It was <laughs> two t-shirts. Two t-shirts. Now we're back to one t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's Michigan weather for you. Um, but yeah, anyway, Christmas episode. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Jay, Jay uh, brought uh, a nice Rolo candy cane for me to the studio. I got Starburst and Skittles and what is this? Peppermint? There's some pe- chocolates. Yeah. Peppermint, Ooh, peppermint bark or something? Yeah. Ooh, it is peppermint bark. Yeah. Jay, what, what'd you from get? From Girardella. What'd I get? I got the pleasure of being in the company of you fine gentlemen. <laughs> ah, it's the best gift of all. <laughs> we we, uh, we bought Jay a new chair for his studio. Yeah, yeah. we did. You're welcome, bud. It's nice, dude. This is comfortable. <laughs> it's we comfortable. Had, you know what's funny? Uh, we almost did. Because I brought this up to James maybe about a month ago. I go, we should buy Justin a new chair for mm-hmm. Christmas. Aww. Because because the girls was broken. And, yeah. You know. Kind of, kind of glad you needed a throne. The king needs a throne. Kind of okay. glad that we didn't though, because we would have gone with like the the cheap one that the, he was like nobody like wants the, those. Like the hundred dollar chair, and instead <laughs> now he's sitting in this plush. That's what I used to buy. Four hundred dollar chair. That's what I used to buy all the time because they were nice, you know, and yeah. they would still feel sturdy. But all those, the plastic arms were all shaky. Maybe it was because it was the store models and they didn't tighten them down all the way or something. Yeah. But like you, all the plastic arms would shake like they're gonna break right away. That and thing that you're sitting in is solid. Oh, yes. That is a throne fit for the king of audio. It's made with real elephant tusks. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> if, you, really. if, if you were to, just a, a small trivia question for you real quick. Uh, you might actually know the answer to this. Okay, so already. I, I No, nope, you weren't in the car yet. Okay. So, if, you, if, if somebody asked you, this is a multiple choice. If somebody asked you, which one of these animals is not a source of ivory? Now answer this within the next 
Five seconds. Okay. Walrus, rhinoceros, elk. Elk. All of them. No, there's an answer. Which uh, one? Did, oh. Which one is not Wait. a source of ivory? Walrus, Walrus rhinoceros, elk. Uh, rhinoceros. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, elk, I always, elk have I always, ivory in their teeth. They do. Oh. I always forget enough. that I, I was playing that stupid HQ trivia game, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one of the questions I got out, got out on, and I never knew that elk had ivory in their mm-hmm. teeth. And mm-hmm. also, I completely forgot that, like people, a rhino horn is hair. Right. It's I, not ivory. My natural reaction was just to go rhinoceros that must be that must be ivory because people kill them sure. for that horn right right the horns that, made out of keratin that, i'm stupid I and, suck and that's at this. what i was thinking immediately too and i knew to know that their horns are made out of hair yeah this is riveting i'm sorry i just had to bring that up real quick there no the only reason that i know that is because at work somebody was talking about it they call they they referred to it as like elk gold or something like that but it's the ivory, the ivory? of the teeth yeah. Really? yeah you make jewelry out of it and stuff like that no shit yeah that's weird. You'd kill an elk just for two You're teeth. learning stuff here on the BuzzFeed podcast. Yes. Ugh, I can't talk. Now, well, <laughs> I need to learn how to talk and use words. That's going to be my New Year's resolution. Why would you need to do that? Learn how to use words. <laughs> learn that's, how that's, to use that's words. My, that's my early New Year's resolution. I could call you out for another one from last week. No, just do it. Just, I, just do it. Uh, I think you were looking for the word rapport, and you said repertoire. <laughs> It sounds about right. So there's, I, I feel like I feel like because Tank told me that he when he was here a couple weeks ago he told me that he likes when I correct you on words. We should uh, have a, a segment where I correct you on words and we'll name it after Tank. You mean like uh, like this one, Zombie Dean at that point, right? Uh, and the, 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 oh, I can't talk. Or like this one, because <laughs> I, I, I just. I, 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 Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you fuck you guys. Mike's good with words. I'm leaving. Mike's See? leaving. All right. Bye. No, Bye. I, was, I was talking about like uh, like real words, not just. <laughs> if I can't even say the words to use them, it doesn't count. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> fuck you both. Sorry, sorry, Mike. Right up your self-righteous <laughs> buttholes. That is the last time yeah. we will make fun of you. No, it's not. in the next five minutes. <laughs> Um, so anyway, what were we, what were we talking about? I well, can't remember. Uh, we weren't. Oh, we were talking about Justin's awesome <laughs> oh, chair, yes, yes. and that's about it. So, um... Let's get into some corrections this week. Yeah, sure. Stupid! You're so stupid! I am indeed. Uh, the only thing that I could, that I came up with, uh, is I mentioned last week we were talking about Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures. I said that Lionsgate owns Twisted Pictures. That's not true. Uh, Twisted Pictures was formed... I I was right about the fact that they were formed specifically because of the Saw series. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were formed in 2004 by Mark Berg, Oren Kools, and Greg Hoffman, who are the the three producers of the the Saw Saw movies. movies, Uh, Their parent company is Evolution Entertainment. (laughs) And the reason I, I linked them with Lionsgate is because after the success of Saw in 2004... Um, they signed a nine-picture distribution deal with Lionsgate. Gotcha. So, so they work pretty close with yeah, Lionsgate. Yeah, yeah. They're I was just, just not last owned week, by... <clears throat> yeah, by last them. week when we talked about this, I was going to make mention that Lionsgate releases a ton of horror movies. Yeah, That's kind of what they're I, known oh, for. Yeah. Right, I so should have thought about I, that. they don't need a subsidiary for exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I had my um, head up my ass last week. Yeah, they must like Bowsman too, though, because they did uh, Repo, I believe, as well. Yeah, they did so. uh, Yeah, Repo and uh, Catacombs... The, tor- the, one, the tortured, catch hell, submerged, the one with, Hayden um, Hurst. Catacombs. There was a pop star in that. Catacombs? Yeah. 
Oh, was that the one with pink? Yeah, was yeah. Is that the the same one? I wanted to say pink. I didn't think that it was. Well, I think there were two. weren't there There were two different movies. I know pink's the Mm. one with the Minotaur. Right. And that's the one that I'm pretty sure they put out. There were two different movies about the catacombs in France Mm -hmm. that were put out roughly around the same time. Okay. That might be another correction, but I, I thought that they were right around the same time. The only one that's worthwhile is As Above, So Below. Just putting that out there. Oh, that's a damn good movie. Damn fine movie. And I, like, I was happy to finally get a good horror movie about the catacombs because it seems so easy. I know. How do you like, fuck up a horror movie about the catacombs? It's made of skeletons for Christ's it's sake. It's one <laughs> of the scariest places in uh, on our earth, and and nobody has been able to make a good horror movie they about. Walked down and there were teddy bears all over the. <laughs> oh walls. my god! Well, that was wrong. <laughs> um, no, this one, the one that was put out by. Uh, Twisted Pictures was not the one with pink in it. Oh, really? Yeah, no, the pink one it, was the... Uh, the uh, That might have been called The Catacombs? This was no, called, no uh, we're looking around. It says Catacombs. Catacombs 2007. It's from 2007, yeah. Oh, all right then. That's weird. All right. Um. Okay, so now that we have those shenanigans out of the way, I yep. didn't actually listen to our last episode because I'm a... Schlemiel. Oh no! And um, yeah, well, everybody's been busy the last so, couple yeah, weeks yeah, with the crazy holidays busy. coming up and whatnot. So, so if I there's won't hold else, it against you this if time. If there's anything else that's wrong, um, just deal with it. It is now fact, <laughs> and that is all there is to it. That is true. All right. So moving on to this week, as we had mentioned before, this is our uh, Christmas episode. This is our our holiday extravaganza. Oh, 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 oh Santa Claus! No, it's just Jay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're jingling Jay Z Claus. We're Jay-Z. jingling all the bells this week. And all the balls. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So what are we? Uh, what are we drinking this week, James? So this week, uh, Michael went out and once again just had to kind. This one's sort of a stretch. Um, a little bit of a stretch. Uh, a little bit from Bell's in Comstock, Michigan, aka one of the best breweries in our state. True. I, I would. I, I'd put money on that. I think Bell's is easily top three breweries uh, in our state. Yeah. Yeah, like they, yeah, they have a lot of good stuff, and I'm sure if you've ever heard of Bells, you've heard of Oberon, because people yep. freak out about it. It's good. I don't freak out about it, but it's good. I, I like I it. Love Oberon, I like it yeah. a lot, but like, there's people who who <laughs> await the day that Oberon comes out every year so that they can go and you know like yeah. load up with it. It's like, who else? Who else would be in the top three? Bells founders. Uh, yeah, probably. probably. Shorts does some pretty awesome. Yeah, brews. I I'm not always impressed with all of their brews. No, I, I I got a handful that I see as far I enjoy. as far as breweries go. Small brew. I I know that they're still technically uh you know smaller breweries, but Bell's and Founders and Shorts. I they they're, they're kind of they're, they're, they're more, kind of like yeah. upper echelon as far as like sure. as far as small well, breweries go. I know that my third would be Vivant because I love like, Vivant. Like Baffin. Uh, in St. Clair Shores. Yeah, they've been around long enough, I think, to claim that. I'm just saying, though. though, like you, like we love their beer. Mm-hmm. Probably nobody outside of our little area has even heard of Baffin. You know, we should find uh, some horror movies about mangoes so that we can drink their mango wheat because it's yeah. delicious. Horror movies about mangoes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, mangoes ate my baby. There's, there's, there's one for you. Maybe the mango ate your baby. So, so how the heck is he gonna pair this beer to our episodes? I don't. It's okay. It's, it's it's just like, a stretch, a, like I said, it's kind of a, explain it. To it's us. kind of a stretch. Um, this one's called Christmas Ale. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's kind of a stretch. No. Uh, it has a Christmas tree on the front of it. I actually bought this for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, we we just, didn't use it, so I figured we could recycle it for uh, for now. It is a Scotch ale. Yes. 
It's like a scotch egg. I'm not sure we've ever it's had an, scotch. It's an yellow. ale wrapped in bacon with a egg inside. Mm. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what this is. Actually, sounds pretty nice. <laughs> um, I forgot to look up. They don't have anything on the uh, on the bottle. Or, ooh, this or do traditional they? Oh, yes, scotch ale. Oh, thanks Go ahead a lot, and read, James. Huh? Uh, this traditional. Wait, wait, wait. It's it's a scotch ale, so you should probably read it in a Scottish accent. Oh shit! Hold on. Let me see that, if that's I can... what I'm thinking. Uh, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. Uh, this this traditional <laughs> this traditional Scotch ale is rich and malty. No, that's Irish, isn't it? <laughs> it's, it's close enough. It's rich enough. and malty with notes of caramel and a warm finish, certain to make any occasion festive, or at least a bit more bearable. Enjoy with the com- company of friends and family. You just gotta, you just gotta yeah, think of You just gotta think of a fat bastard from Austin Powers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. There you go. All right. Jason, thank you Jason, very much. thank you, Jason. Thank you, Paul. <laughs> Jason, All Jason, right. Jason. So, uh, cheers to... To, uh... A Merry, Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas. A Happy New Year. Fat bearded men everywhere. Mm. My favorite. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I enjoy the carbonation. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Caramel. I can taste the caramel for sure. Mm, caramel. Little little back end car- caramel on the tongue. A little back end. I do love the back end. <laughs> it's it's kind of pushing back, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's trying to get away from you, <laughs> but you, it just keeps on. <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, <clears throat> so that's what we're drinking. We're also drinking. Um, what day of the uh, Christmas stouts are we drinking? Well, uh, also. If if you've never heard of Rochester Mills, that's also another Michigan brewery. It's from Rochester, Michigan, and every year uh, they put out a, a twelve pack called the 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 twelve milkshake stouts of Christmas. Uh-huh. And it's, you're it's supposed a mouthful. It is. <clears throat> it might just be the twelve stouts of Christmas, but it's they're they're all milk milkshake stouts. And uh, my dad always gets them through his company. Uh-huh. So. Uh, this is another, these, this these are actually, I guess they're pretty coveted. I, yeah, well, I say I, it's another one of those those packs and beers that people go after like crazy. Well, I sort of, I, I guess I never really knew that because my dad just always has a couple for me every year, so I didn't realize that people really go nuts for this. But apparently, people really wait for this to come out. So it's it's 12 16-ounce milkshake stouts, all different flavors, and you're supposed to drink one per night of the, the 12 nights of Christmas. I'm a few nights behind, so Mike and I are sharing a few tonight. Oh, the first one that we did was a nutcracker, nutcracker milkshake stout. Mm, it was delicious. It was good, very nutty. And I bought, I brought another one, which is called chocolate raspberry. Yeah. And we'll crack that in a little while. Yes, we will. So anyway, that's what we're drinking tonight. Uh, it is our Christmas episode, as we mentioned previously. So this week we decided to compare and contrast two movies that have colors in their names <laughs> <laughs> they they each have a color and What's they each the ha- first thing that comes <clears throat> to mind when you think of christmas uh colors colors obviously that's actually pretty accurate i mean like the, the lights and the bulbs and the trees inaccurate. and stuff it's true it's true um you think of red and green red and green this 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 ty- this year we decided to go with red and black mm-hmm. we are comparing and contrasting two very different movies very could <laughs> not be more different uh, red christmas from 2016 yep and black christmas from the 74 the original from 74 yep so that's what we're drinking that's what we're talking about and now we're going to get into the bleed feed 
Which is red. Which is red. Sometimes black if it's infected. It runs red <laughs> with the blood of sinners. Every single time I still wait for Salisbury Joe. I still like I, I I don't even I didn't even like it yet I expect to hear it. <laughs> How about Salisbury Santa Claus? You little kids there. How have you been doing this year? <laughs> have you been naughty? <laughs> Salisbury Santa. I hope not, because Santa will punch you in the face. I'm just like. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a Santa, like a mall Santa, just eating Salisbury steak and just having it fall over just himself. Grease in and his he's, beard. And for some reason, like a mix of like Scottish and Australian. For some reason, I don't know why. <laughs> All right, so this is this week's bleed feed. Um, though, so this is hot off the presses. Ooh, someone died. Oh crap. Um, Heather North. Does that name sound familiar to you? Yes. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> uh, no, actually, I, if you know who she is, I'd be surprised. I, but I, I know the name, but I can't you imagine would, from. You know her character, though. Uh, she is the voice of Daphne from Scooby-Doo. Oh, okay. oh, I, I actually yeah. read it earlier, and I forgot who. Yep. <laughs> In the original cartoon, right? Yep. yep. Uh, she uh, she voiced Daphne from 1970 <clears throat> to 1997, and then did a and then from that point on, she did a couple of things here and there. You know, did Scooby-Doo movies and like is stuff it, like that. Is and it she, wrong that I had a cartoon crush on Daphne when I, I was younger? Everybody did. Yeah, I think, and she kind of looked like Daphne when she was younger. So Did really, she? yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right now, now you're looking her up. This uh, isn't getting creepy at all. Respect <laughs> for the dead, James. Well, that stinks. Never hear like to hear about in the passing. So yeah, no, I I agree. Uh, well, uh, Scooby Doo was easily was old age or what? Oh, uh, you know say what? what it it didn't, excuse me. It did not say. Hmm. Um, right. But yeah, no, she um, Scooby Doo was seminal to me. Like it was one of those cartoons that. I grew up watching. Like I, I would watch Cartoon Network just for Scooby Doo. The old ones too, because the new ones kind of sucked. Right. Kind right. of those, those old school classic Scooby Doo cartoons. And the new and... ones sucked. Is that what you said? I thought so. Yeah. I, I like the pup named Scooby Doo. Those were fun. The what? The pup named Scooby Doo. I never saw it that. Was the, it was the Scooby Gang when they were kids. Did you guys ever see that? No, no. Oh, it was on Comedy Central all the time, or, or Cartoon Network rather all okay. the time. It was great. <clears throat> um, anyway, so rest in peace to Heather North. Yeah. Um, so this is not about a horror movie, but it has to do with aliens, and it makes me very happy. Okay. So Tom DeLonge's company, To the Stars Academy. Yes. Yeah. From Blink-182. From, Tom from Blink-182. Uh, people who thought he was a, a nutcracker milkshake. I don't know why that's on my brain. <laughs> nutcracker milkshake stuff. <laughs> I'm literally looking at my glass. Um, they thought it was a nut job, whack job, yeah. you know? Um, and he's proving everybody more and more... <laughs> He's a whack job. Um, he's proving more and more that he's not because people thought he was crazy, but he's literally putting forth some of the more credible evidence of the existence of UFOs well, be, and I think right. we've seen well, in a before, long time. Before you move on with this, somebody, some, someone from the Obama administration actually came out and admitted that Tom DeLong had been uh, working alongside somebody. It was in WikiLeaks. He was actually mentioned in the original WikiLeaks yeah. thing uh, about uh, Hillary Clinton. That oh, okay. He was meeting with these top officials. When he right. says that he's meeting with these top crazy top officials in in the government, he's, he's not, not lying, lying about it. Like yeah. he actually is. So uh, his To the Stars Academy released a uh, video that was from the United bleh, United States. There's another one for you. <laughs> the United States Department of Defense. Yeah. Uh, and it's a video showing a fighter jet watching a UFO on his radar and out of his out of his screen. 
Really? And, huh. Yeah, and they don't know what it is. There's a conversation between uh, him and another <clears throat> fighter pilot talking about what it could be. And as they're watching it, it's like slowly rotating, and like they have no idea what it was, and it is... There's like video of this. Did yeah. you watch the video? Yeah, I did. Is it pretty compelling? It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's it looks like a lot of stuff. Quite frankly, we've seen before. Yeah. Um, but this is credible. Like, there's actually a chain of evidence that proves it's real. Like, there, it's it's Tom, a, it's an Tom ex- DeLong said so. It's that's all you need. And is... It was on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> it's but no, it's a legit <laughs> credible video though. Like no one's disputing it. Even the 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 Department of Defense is the DoD is just like yeah. This is real. Well, like this, I said, they, this is a thing. They, really? if, if all that stuff's out there, they can't come out just all in one bang and go, yeah, this is sure, all that's going on. Sure. They got, if mm-hmm. they slowly release things time after time, that's how it you was, ease people into it without mass hysteria. Right. It was also just released that during, um, it was in like 2000, and I could get this date wrong, I think it was early 2000s, um, that the United States actually had a department that was all about defending Earth against the, when, inter, when Mars inter, attacks, interglobal threats. Like really? they actually have people looking into these UFO accounts. They well, there's people... still someone that works. They still have. There's, I think, a single employee or something. They were, or no, they were hiring someone recently Is it to be the employee Is it... for the. Uh, <laughs> The the the, uh, the person that's I just did a mic. They they, 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 they were uh, as of last year looking hiring a person to have that job if to orchestrate a team to yeah, fight they, against global things. I can't defu- talk right now. I'm def- sorry, but they defunded it like ten years ago. Right. The the part of this article talks about how like they they admit this was a thing. We were funding it, but it got defunded a while ago. Really. Um. So yeah. Crazy, so you, you I think you're absolutely right though. You're seeing the stuff. It's the tr- you're seeing the trickle right. effect. They're gonna and, just and leak it out a little bit at a t- yep. because it's getting to the point where they almost you like, have to. It. You can't keep on. you can't keep it a secret forever. No. If it's true. David Duchovny's been telling me for fucking years <laughs> the aliens are real, the and I believe him. The truth is out there. So little so, by little, it's going to come along. has it. Little by little, and then eventually they're going to come out and tell us the truth about 9-11. So continue on, Michael. What <laughs> else we got? Listen, we don't need to get into it. We, don't, we actually don't, don't need to get into this. I will show you off air. They already have. I'm not kidding you. It's a scary video. I'll show you, but <laughs> you show me yours. I'll show you mine. Right. We'll be good. All right, let's make sure it's in the closet. Uh, so any video game fans <laughs> out there? <laughs> that was wrong. <laughs> I'm just gonna move past that. Uh, so any uh, video game fans out there? Um, you ever play the game Ghost Recon? Yeah. yeah. So there's a new one out, Ghost Recon Wildlands. It's like a fully like sandbox type Ghost Recon game, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a thing. I've never played it. It looks to be that way though. Uh, so DLC for this week uh, or for coming out for this month is you can play as the Predator, which is pretty fucking awesome in a Ghost ah, Recon game. That's really cool. And so basically, you are a military group gets dropped <laughs> into a jungle and you have to hunt the Predator. Ghost Recon. And appara- oh, and appara- so you can't play as Predator. You can or? play. You can play him in uh, PvP. Oh, right. Uh, player versus player. I think you can do that. Yeah. But the campaign part of it, though, with your online crew, mm-hmm. you can actually hunt the Predator, and supposedly it's the hardest like. Thing you could possibly do in the game. They Ghost Recon. <laughs> they make it really difficult, I guess. Um, and that's that's pretty cool, though. Like in, in a very realistic type game. Ghost Recon. <laughs> Drink a beer. <laughs> in a very realistic kind of game, it's kind of cool. They would put you know a, a predator in there, you know, like to flip the script, if you will. Yeah, that's really so that's cool. pretty fun. Um, I only have one more piece of news because it was a very slow news week. Yeah. Um, Annie Machete. Finally confirmed that that director's cut we had heard so much about uh, early on in the days of it mm-hmm. oh, yeah, is yeah. finally coming. Um, 
only a couple months after the initial release. <laughs> what? Which which proves our point that they are double dipping. Right. And fuck them, I will buy both. <laughs> well, I mean, it, can you blame them? It's just a, it's a, it's a business. You got to make money, and they know that they can make a lot more money off of that. It also makes me wonder too. There's a very, um, there's an infamous at this point already infamous scene about how Pennywise eats a baby. Yeah. And I don't believe that it's in the deleted scenes on the so first release. So, uh, the so they're probably, probably holding that one, you right. know, for the director's cut. So it'll be all those deleted scenes plus that scene and maybe one other one well, in the director's well, cut. Well, aside from aside from double dipping, it's you might just be getting new new customers who wouldn't have otherwise gone out and bought the special edition. True. You know, like maybe there's maybe there's people who are just like, ah, I don't need to see like un uncut deleted scenes. I don't care about that stuff. Some but then don't if you say but it. then if you say we've got a new movie with new you know, like new scenes in the movie. Extra, extra, there's a baby getting extra, eaten. extra. <laughs> I think the dango ate your baby. <laughs> it was the pennywise. Um I, I don't know, like I think you might I, there might be more people who will yeah, actually sure. go out and buy that. Sure, I think it's double dipping though. Yeah. I think it's a money grab. Ghost Recon! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, if that's your last uh, bit of news, I just have a couple of blues here to get through, and then we will get into the tofu pretty damn early yeah, tonight. Yeah, This will be a nice listening experience for people who are sick and tired of listening to us talk for three hours. We're actually going to put a 20-minute long musical um, interlude so that it just stretches it out <laughs> for a little while. It's actually going to be Jay singing all the classic Christmas hits. I was going to say it's actually not just—it's not going to be Ooh, the music. Weather outside <laughs> is not yet, not yet, not yet. It's Ooh, just going to be Jay singing, singing Ghost Recon twelve hundred so times. Ghost Recon. <laughs> all right. Um, so Italian cannibal film, Eaten Alive. It's coming to Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, I, I've always heard about this movie, never seen it. This is my time to see it. Uh. Oh, you've never seen this movie? No, no. For now, some reason, a, I thought you owned uh, this movie. No, there's a Toby Hooper movie called yeah. Eaten Live that is about a, um, a, ho- um, a hotel that feeds the guests to, to his crocodile Crocodiles, pit. yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's actually, what's his name? Robert England. Right. Uh, he's in it. That's not this one, though. There was another, it was like a cannibal film, I believe. Yes. Uh, that was out in, in Italy. Yep, came out four years after the uh, Toby Hooper film. Um, it's a Umberto Lenzi Film. Oh, it's a Lindsay film. Lindsay. Yeah. Uh, so this is coming out from Rue Morgue, uh, January 30th, 2018. So All right. be on the lookout for that. I'm into it. Uh, the House on Sorority Row mm-hmm. gets a new 2K scan for the upcoming Blu-ray. Cool. Uh, that's coming out uh, from Scorpion releasing. Like Scorpion King? Like The Rock? Um, is the yeah. Ro- is the Rock putting this out? Yeah, nice. It's it's actually a company owned by. He's putting, he's putting the SmackDown on that sorority row. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Rock does not own it. Uh, that's coming out March uh, 2018. There's no exact date yet. Okay. Just uh, March 2018. Um, and it, that will be sold exclusively through uh, Blu-ray shop Ronin. Ronin. R O N I N. Ronin. 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 Keep those Blu-rays, Ronin. <laughs> Stupid, uh. we're dumb. <laughs> and uh, last week I touched on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 Blu-ray, yeah. and there was no specific details about it. Um, they still didn't give a, an exact date, but it's uh, early 2018, and they they gave some of the, uh, the more in-depth details, which I usually don't give you the in-depth details, but... Uh, 
but uh, this is a pretty short list. So it's it's a 10, 1080p master of the unrated version uh, with filmmaker commentary. The Saw is family documentary, deleted scenes, alternate ending, and trailers. Guess what I'm not going to be buying? Uh, that? Yep. <laughs> uh, I already own that on DVD, and none of those features are new. They're not. It's the same shit that's on the DVD. The, same, the Saw's family documentary is on all, there and it's, everything? It's all on there, and, and it just really bums me out. But that this is 1080p, It Michael. bums me out because you have companies like Arrow, companies like Scream Factory, that they, they want these movies. They've talked about it and have heard them say it. They right. want them. Warner will not give them the rights to it, mm-hmm. which that's fine. They're your properties. If you don't want them to give them away, that's fine. But put but a little more effort re- into your releases. If you're going to re-release them... To, do something with them, right? Like, don't just because, like, because even the, a even new the, transfer, sure, a new transfer would be nice. Even the Blu-ray cover, that's the exact it's same the exact, cover yeah, as the DVD, it's lazy. right? It's it's a lazy yeah. release. Like, I fine if it's, if it's a new transfer, great, it looks better. I get that, mm-hmm. but like to me, nobody gives a shit about Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre three looking a little bit better. They they like that movie because of what it was, and they want to people like me at least. I'm gonna know more about it. This I is want a, to hear stories about it. I this want is to hear... essentially this is essentially just Warner knows that people will buy the Blu-ray because there are people who need to have every format. Sure, sure. sure. And and so they're like you said, it's it's lazy. It's the exact same cover as the DVD, exact same features as the DVD. It's just the 1080p. There's no. Master. There's also no incentive to buy it. To me, at least, a new transfer is not incentive enough for me to buy something. Right. Good. Because uh, these old horror movies, like I said, I still buy them on VHS because. Quite frankly, I think they look better with a little bit of grain, a little bit of you know that shitty old film quality. Like, well, we've talked about we've talked about old movies and and the special effects, and you like when you have when you have these HD transfers, suddenly you see the flaws in the special effects, oh, the yeah. practical effects, yeah. and it kind of takes away some of the magic of the movies, you know. Sure, and 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 on the flip side of that coin, though, I get it. Leatherface is not exactly the most sought after title. They're probably not going to put a ton of money into it because it's only going to sell a certain amount. And they probably know that. So I understand the flip side of the coin. But if that's the case, just give that to a company that will put the time into it. Right. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 I'm not 100% right in this, and I know that. It's just fanboying me is <laughs> just pissed at these companies for sucking money out of my wallet. It's all right, Michael. Damn it. It's going to be all right. Take a few deep breaths. Well, uh, I think that's it. That's it. Boom! That was the news. All right. Well, we're going to take a 20-minute break. Interlude uh, of Jay's sweet, sweet sounds. Mm. And uh, then we're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about oh, the two very specific colors of Christmas lights. Oh, that's right. Red and black. Like my soul. So delightful. <laughs> Ghost Recon! <laughs> Throughout this, they'll see faces ripped apart with hooks. A man slashing himself into a bloody pulp. And graphic, macabre, torturous images that defy description. Santa Claus is here. Oh, yes. All right, before we get started, I need to know one thing. Yeah. yeah. Worst gift ever. Worst to gift? To give or, or, th- or that we've received. How about one of each? Uh, Jeez, I wish you, I would have known you were going to ask that so I could think about it. All right, it. just worst <laughs> gift you've ever gotten. Worst gift you've ever gotten. That still requires a little <laughs> bit of thought. Um, 
Uh, syphilis, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the worst gift I ever gift gave is when I gave, when I gave James syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> the best gift that I ever got was getting syphilis from James. So oh, really, full circle. You, you guys, it's like a little family guys, gathering guys, we have here. In fairness, we were about three inches from each other the entire night. Okay, <laughs> or in each other, I should say. Oh, oh man, wrong podcast. <laughs> This no, week I, I, on the butt kit. What can you actually think of any like terrible Christmas gifts you've ever gotten? Um, I, when I was a kid, getting clothes was the worst thing ever. I never liked getting clothes as a kid. Now I enjoy and, getting. And it now was, it's now, awesome. Yeah, right? now I'm like fucking socks. Yeah, yes. socks. Uh, my mother-in-law got me some socks a couple days ago, like early Christmas gift. Yeah. Got them early and they weren't even wrapped and I, I came home and they were sitting on my pub table and I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, who's our, who? Who are these for? Because I was like. These, these have to be, they gotta that be errands, because, like, why would Molly just buy me socks? And and then she's like, no, they're yours. I'm like, yes, fuck yes. New socks. I know, I just bought new socks the other day. I was so excited. Are they print, or are they... They were black dressy socks. Oh. It was ten pair for ten bucks. Very oh, nice. dude, you can't beat that. that kind of deal. Meyer, Meyer, it was their MTA sport sock. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but it, they're dressy and they're they're comfy. I like comfy. 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 Is there tea in there? <laughs> Com- comfortable. <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually I'm trying to think of the worst gift that I've ever gotten. I uh, I've been pretty lucky throughout my life. I think I've gotten some pretty some pretty so. good gifts. One one year uh, one was, year my the year that my grandma actually did get run over by a reindeer, that kind of sucked. Yeah, she died. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> No, she didn't. No, 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 no. No, she didn't die from that. I just meant, you know, she died later. It wasn't because of the reindeer. That was hilarious. <laughs> it was. It was afterwards. <laughs> she hit a deer up in the old bad axe. Um, when I was uh, when I was younger, I've never hit a deer up there. I've been lucky. Now I probably will. No, but you ran over a raccoon one time, and it was like the saddest day of your entire oh, life. Man. So that we're dri- so we're driving because we have time. We're driving up to bad axe for something. It was. Was it Christmas? Uh, might have been. I don't know. I, know. We could be, I used to go up to your... Mike Mike weirdly has joined my family for quite a few... Is it that weird? Well, actually, you came up one year, too, didn't you? Uh, I think you, for a Thanksgiving. You, yeah, like... They yes, were, we came up for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I remember like, that, yeah. Bad Axe, is, Bad Axe is a two-hour drive from where we are right now, and I go up there for uh, family gatherings, and these two called me on Thanksgiving because their their family stuff was done, and they're just like, hey, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm Bad Axe. <laughs> they're like, oh, shit, we're bored. I said, well... Come up to Bad Axe. And, and we so did. Two, we did. <laughs> two hours later, they were at my folks' house. Um, we were driving up, though, for one time. And for I forget what it was. It could have even been during the summer, for all I remember. But um, we're driving up there, and there's a raccoon crossing the road. And James did his best to swerve. He did his, he did his damnedest to swerve. Oh, it See, thudded, it thudded yeah. like you've never felt a thud oh, before. Man. And James was, like, totally beside himself. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And we're like, dude, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm sure I'm sure he's he's, 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 he's gone. He's peaceful. But then we look in the rearview mirror, oh. and his little raccoon buddy oh, came worst. out after him and stopped and was, like, pawing at him oh, in the middle God. of the road. No. It, was, it was the most heartbreaking thing we've ever seen. He just, he just comes out. He's like, Jerry? <laughs> see, you see the roadkill all the time. <laughs> Jerry, wake up, man. You, know, just, up, you man. don't think anything of it, but I was driving once. It was dark. You know, coming up, there's a possum in the center, and I got a lo- had a lower car. And I'm like, okay, he's right in the center. I'm just going to go right over him. I can't stop. And it goes, dunk. And I'm like, oh, man, I hope he just has a headache. <laughs> yeah. The the, yeah, the yeah. best one I've ever had. Because oh, there's, there's a best one? There, there's a best uh, hitting an animal experience <laughs> that I've ever had. 
I was I was driving up the Bad Axe again, and I, I look off onto the side of the road, and there's just this fucking giant turkey, oh, just standing by the side of the road, and he was, <laughs> and he looked like he was he looked like he was gonna make a move for the middle of the road, and I was like, don't you dare, don't do it, and so I started to kind of check my speed a little bit, and then right as I was going by him, he like jumps and flies about ten feet oh. into the middle of the road, right in my path. And I hit him, and I hear him go, <laughs> and I'm like, holy fuck. Like, he splayed out a- a- across my entire windshield. I couldn't see anything Yeah, because his wings were huge. And uh, and so I stopped, and he kind of rolled to the to the end of my hood, and I was like, what the hell am I supposed to do? And then he popped up, stood on my hood for about 10 seconds, like, while he was gathering his... <laughs> Gathering his thoughts, hopped uh, off, hopped uh, off. He was fine. Uh, then he hopped uh, off. He's like, "What the fuck, what the man? fuck am I?" <laughs> and he hopped off, and he walked off into the woods. And... I had a, a similar story growing up. Uh, my my family apparently this is just the Roadkill podcast now. Um, <laughs> That's pretty good. My my family uh, we're big, kill it, we grill it. We're big uh, campers, and so we travel. I've seen pretty much every spot that the state has to offer. My parents love Michigan, mm-hmm. so all my family vacations would be traveling around the state. And we were driving up north uh, to the uh, UP one year. And uh, very similar story. We hit a Canadian. That's, uh, that's the upper peninsula for you non, non-Michiganders. Michiganders. To the UP. To the UP. The UP. To go visit the UPers, hey? So we're, we're driving up there, and my dad had a Canadian goose. <laughs> Good. Big, fuck them. big fucking bird. You shouldn't be in America. <laughs> Geese suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we ate it over, and we didn't know what happened to it. And it wasn't until we pulled off on a rest stop that we realized that its head and neck was completely impaled oh, no. into the front of the grill of the uh, of the old conversion nice. van we used to drive. <laughs> and uh, my dad pretty much had to like pry it out of the of the grill to keep going. <laughs> well, at least you guys had dinner for oh, that night. Oh. It was delicious. Oh. <laughs> also, you... Uh, you saved yourself a trip to the store for an expensive can of goose grease. What do you use goose grease? It's from the office. I, I feel, don't know. I feel so bad for your wife. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the reason that we are here today is to talk about Christmas movies because it is that time of year. Mm-hmm. And uh, so this year we're pitting red versus black. Are you team red or are you team black, James? You want me to answer that I want right you to now? Answer. Team red or team black? I'm team black. I'm team red. Okay. I'm also going team black. All right. Yeah, fuck you, Mike. No, whatever. <laughs> um, so, but we're going to start with uh, my choice because I'm running the shit. Yeah. Uh, so, red Christmas. We we let him think that anyway. <laughs> I'll run the shit. Because <laughs> it's cute when you he wouldn't thinks have, it. You wouldn't have booze without me. What do you, I, I brought booze, That's, too. Just play Mike's theme song. <laughs> girls, we run the world. Hey, girls, we run the world. Reds, we run... No, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Red Christmas, right, 2016. Red, right? Red Christmas from 2016, directed by a guy named Craig Anderson. This is his feature debut. Uh, feature debut starring D. Wallace. I, I would chalk that in the win category. The incomparable... D. Wallace. She's been in everything. She's a she's a a horror darling. Yes, mm-hmm. scream queen. Yep. Oh yeah. Uh, so this is a synopsis here. A mother must protect her family on Christmas Day from a demented stranger who is hell bent on tearing them apart. <clears throat> I take issue with that synopsis. <laughs> I take issue with it. All what right. you got? Well, let's. What do you because expect one, from IMDb? Well, because of one word in particular. Hell bent. Yes. Uh, no. Oh, demented. D- demented. Yeah, he wasn't really demented. No, no. So here's... I I watched this flick. This came out in 2016, but uh, <clears throat> you're probably going to get some spoilers out of this, so... 
Yeah, as, it probably. As always, we'll try and keep them light, but this movie is on Netflix, so if you want to just stop this right now and so, go watch it and pause, then come back. Pause. And we're back. We're back. Okay. Uh, so, Red <clears throat> Christmas. Um, I did not know what to expect going into this. I didn't really actually know much about it, to be completely honest with you. Um, I know that people have been talking about it. I've seen uh, other podcasts and other people mentioning this movie uh, this year a lot. Yeah. Coming into the Christmas season. So... <clears throat> We went into it, and um, I immediately called you. Uh, and I, yeah. And I said, have you watched this movie yet? You said no. And I said, I I need to talk about this movie because I don't know how to take this movie. Mm-hmm. There is some seriously heavy subject matter that is dealt with in this movie, and I don't know, I'm not honestly even sure if it was intentional or not. Uh, At least to, for a lot of the stuff that I was getting out of it. Okay. Um but there's but that being said there's some seriously heavy subject matter that is masquerading as a slasher movie that you're supposed to have fun with and i felt conflicted as to how i was supposed to feel about this movie at the end of the day because on one hand it's yes you're celebrating it's a slasher movie and this and that and no oh, people are dying and it's fun and it's lighthearted well cuz you were even reading stuff that people were saying like oh this is this is the uh you were saying there was a horror comedy and this, this and is that. the new sort of well they was, were saying but... like this is the new christmas slasher that's going to take the place of your old favorite yes. christmas slasher there's people that we know that have actually said this might be <clears throat> uh, on their list over like silent night deadly night or right. or whatever sure and uh and i got done watching it and and i was I, I don't know that I can watch this movie all the time, because on a, on a on a on a just personal level, mm-hmm. it hit me really really hard. Yeah, you said that too. I don't. I'm not sure I had the same like visceral response that okay. you had uh, with it. So why don't you get into that a little bit? The reason that I'm that I felt this way is because this movie deals with um, with with. Uh, a lot of like like a uh, lot of hard hitting topics. There's yeah. a- abortion. Well, the, the um, abortion part of it wasn't that big of a deal to me, but I can see how it would be to some people. Uh, people with disabilities. Yeah, it was the disability aspect that really cut to my core. Uh, so if, if you've never seen this movie, um, the movie is about. Uh, it sounds almost humorous in in synopsis, but like it's basically about an aborted fetus that didn't die that comes back to kill the family that aborted him. Well. He comes back to reconcile with the family. Well, originally, sure. Because sure. he even he like they don't. He's really, not a killer to start. Right. He he's actually seems like a pretty damn decent. He just wants a family. Per- Guy just wants to be loved. And he's a you know he's a strange figure. He shows up at this house when they they're having this uh, family Christmas, and and already you can tell like just within the first few minutes of the movie the the family has a very. They're, they're a pretty shitty family. They have a very honest. tumultuous uh, relationship. Like everybody kind of went different ways in their lives, and and everybody has differing opinions on what the holidays should be like and what life should be like, and uh, and so that causes a lot of tension. Yeah. Um, and then he shows up, and he really just my pro- my problem with this movie, m- much like many other movies, is if if they would have just stopped and listened to him. Yeah. And just not been such dick bags, then they could have avoided all of this. The whole family sucks. Yeah, they really do. Um, even Dee Wallace, who is like the strong mother figure of the family, <clears throat> even she kind of sucks. Yeah. Uh, this movie has a lot to do with with choices that people make and living with those choices. Right. And uh, and 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 not dealing with aspects of their lives that maybe they should. Right. Uh, there's a lot of really deep, like. 
messages in this movie. Like mm. they really, really and are. The main one is just don't be a dick to people. It's true. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. They might kill you with an axe. Yeah. Um. Or several other ways. Or several, which we'll get many, into many other ways. Some fun ways. Uh, but yeah, no, I just um one of the one of the characters in particular, which which drive this whole thing forward, is the character of Jerry, uh, who's played by a guy named uh, Gerald Oldwire. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he actually has Down syndrome right. in real life, mm-hmm. and so you have a movie that is starring a an actor with Down syndrome. What'd you say his last name was? Uh, Odwire. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that was right, James. No, I, I got this one. I well, got this one. It's just a it's, Odwire. It, Odwire. It's kind of a you put kind of a weird emphasis yeah, on it. It could be both. It could be both. Gerard Odwire. It's like bass or bass. Nobody. Which a, one is it? <laughs> well, those are two different things. <laughs> One's a fish. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, he he has Down syndrome in real life, mm-hmm. and so you're. It's a movie that stars a character with Down syndrome about a murderous character that also has Down syndrome. Right. And so your your killer has the same uh, disability that one of the stars that you love has, mm-hmm. and so immediately when you learn that about the killer. You there's this sympathy for the killer, yeah. and the fact that he just is the whole fucking movie. He just wants to be loved. Well, I, he just wants his family. Yeah, the killer's actually uh, he's you feel sympathy for him throughout the entire movie. Yeah, like there's never really a there's never really a point where you ever are like you ever really fear him or you're ever really not rooting for him like the whole time i'm just like would you people all just shut up and listen to him and then you could avoid all this and even after and even after he kills people it's almost like i I look at it as like well he's killing people because they're hurting him that's his that's his his gut reaction like he's not doing it to be this malicious killer he's just doing it because he doesn't want people to hurt him anymore well he was uh, as simple as that he was raised by a man who believed in vengeance yeah uh basically this guy was uh I, I think he might have actually been a priest. It kind of looked like he was a priest based on what he was wearing in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, yep. uh, regardless of whether he was or not, he was he uh, he was very pious, and he raised this kid to, uh, you know, be a, like a, a God-fearing young yeah. man. Well, he even said, father raised me with vengeance, mother raised me with... Well, he, he said, he, he, said, said, he, he said, my father believed in vengeance, I believe in love. Yes, yeah. So, so he even, he comes to them originally, like even after his upbringing, he comes to them and he says, I believe in love and I'm, he basically is just trying to tell them, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to get back with my family. Sure. And... He, yeah, this whole, what's heartbreaking about this movie though is like, there's so much sympathy built in to this killer. Mm-hmm. There's so much because he's just in he's just an innocent like boy that was wronged at birth and he just wants acceptance in his life, mm-hmm. which I think speaks a lot about people with disabilities in general. Uh even even the the uh Jerry, uh Gerald uh O'Dwyer. Ger- yeah. Uh, who who played Gerard, not Gerald. Sorry. Gerard O'Dwyer. Is it Gerard? Yeah. Oh, okay. Gerard, sorry, Gerard. Um, there was a documentary made about this movie called uh, Horror Movie. It's called Horror a Movie. Low a Low Budget Nightmare. Yeah. I, I was trying to find it. You I couldn't can't find it, find it anywhere. Well, it just aired last month. Yeah, so it might not be out yet or whatever, but apparently there's a part in that documentary that is heartbreaking because uh, Gerard talks about how he doesn't like the fact that he's has Down Syndrome yeah. because he feels 
like neglected in the world. I'm I'm paraphrasing that, but like he doesn't feel at home. He just wants to be accepted, and he doesn't feel like he is. Well, because I, there's a there's there's a unfortunately there's a stigma sure. that comes along with having certain disabilities. I don't I I don't know if that's like the right word to to say. Like I. If, I think, for lack of a better way, it's it's not it's not offensive. I mean, it's it is what it is. Yeah, it, it's this is. I, I only say that based on my my own ignorance in in many of these subjects. But um, coming from a family who you know, I I have uh, I have someone with Down syndrome in my family. Sure. And uh, it's it really can go one of two ways. Like there's there's people who who see that and they automatically assume certain things about you but if you just get to know the person mm-hmm. like you realize they have so much to offer you sure. in the way of humanity and friendship and oh, love yeah. and uh so like like you said that's really heartbreaking to hear him say that he wishes he didn't have it yeah not because he doesn't like the way he is probably he no, just no. doesn't like the way the world perceives him. that's exactly what it is right. yeah it wasn't it wasn't like a it wasn't like a depressing way of saying it like like a personally depressing way <clears throat> right. it was just like a like i wish I just want to be understood. Right. Like, I, I wish I didn't have this so people could see me differently. I right. think is, is kind of where he was coming from. And I think that the rest of the family in this story, though, represents just people. They represent the rest of the entire world in general. And that people are shit. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Yep. They're terrible. Right. I mean, Uncle Joe is pretty pretty okay. He's pretty laid back. John, John, Uncle Joe is pretty awesome. <laughs> but even he, was, he, even he was a dick to him, sure, you know? Sure, sure. No one took time to get to know him. Right. And that was their... Doom. Well, and they <laughs> they were so welcoming at first. Well, ma- the mom was D Wallace. Sure, yeah. Like they they invited him in. Like he's this is he's he was this tall, uh, you know, pretty like at at first glance you would think he was a pretty uh f- like frightening figure. He was tall. He was wearing a giant black cloak. Yep. He had bandages wrapped around his face and everything. Well, because his skin was sensitive, though. Right. Like his, so, yeah. But I'm, I'm saying, like, for this family to see this figure show up at their doorstep, and they, they invited him in. They showed him, they showed him some hospitality and invited him in. But to where it could be startling at, at first, even to so, you know. To, yeah, like to see this person, you'd right. be like, oh, well, well, I'm not. Well, because gonna... he not not only did did he have Down syndrome, but he also was deformed. Right. Like he was like was legitimately deformed, probably from the abortion. Or. Yeah. I think it's what you're supposed to get out of it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure what exactly caused that, but um, I mean, I'm I'm sure he was, you know, he was aborted when he was probably not even close to being viable, but somehow he That's lived. True. He even says that in his letter that he reads to him. I came into this world under such heroic circumstances, sure, because he shouldn't have been alive for all intents and purposes. But they invite they they have enough hospitality to invite him into their home. But once he's in the home, they even give him a Christmas gift. They, like, wrap it in wrapping and, paper and, and, and give it to him, and he's so thankful for it. I was going to say, even that little thing, they gave him a jar of peanuts. Right. And he didn't even unwrap it. It was just in, like, this nice gold wrapping paper. And it was the greatest thing anyone just, has ever gave to him. That speaks yeah. he just volumes says, this is, about this guy's yeah, life. He just says, this is the volumes. most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And he just said, the I idea can't. of receiving a gift. Exactly, right. exactly. Yeah. He was so grateful. And then after that, they just start to shit on him and all he wants to do is he he came into this place with the intention of reading them a letter which was a letter that he wrote to his mother mm-hmm. who is d wallace yep but she doesn't understand that at the time no she thinks someone's playing a. she thinks that because she 20 years prior had an abortion mm-hmm. and while she was in the abortion clinic somebody bombed the place yep 
So she's just under the assumption that this is some, like... Sick joke. Right-wing nut job, yep. uh, you know... Uh, Fuck you for being there. Yeah, pro, and, yeah. pro-life kind of guy who is in there trying to just shake things up be- because he has a certain message. So he en- she ends up having her brother Joe kick him to the curb. Yep. And then that's where things kind of go downhill. Yep. But even after things start to go downhill, he offers them so many chances to just hear, sure. him, hear him out. Sure. And they still don't. And they still don't. Now, granted, after he killed a bunch of people in my family, maybe that time's up as well. <laughs> uh, yeah. Maybe. But if it's... you're next on the chopping line, just hear me out and I won't kill you. <laughs> no, you're no, going to have not. to kill me. <laughs> it's funny It's funny that you say chopping line because the, the first kill, well, not the first kill, it's technically the second kill in the movie, but uh, it was very, it reminded me of Wrong Turn 2, I think it was. Okay. You remember that scene in Wrong Turn 2 when the girl, her car breaks down and oh, then the, the guy yeah. comes out of nowhere Yep. Swing, swings an axe down straight down on her head, and all you see is a shot of her, like from the from the knee down, and her body splits into two, <laughs> yep, two yep, pieces yep. and falls to either side. That exact same kill happens in this movie, yep. and it's pretty cool. It's pretty effective. Yeah. Uh, speaking of some other good kills. Yeah, there were some. One of my favorite applications for a murder mm-hmm. is a bear trap. Yeah. This one did not let me down. No, no. Before we get there, can you fill my glass with some more Christmas cheer? I sure can. Oh. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to talk about while I'm doing this? Uh, no. You, you, you were no. the one that brought this no, up. No, I'm good. Uh, no, uh, the, the bear trap kill was fantastic. One of my favorite ones was uh, the death of Peter. Uh, was that in the car? No, that no. was that was Joe. That was Joe. Okay. The death of Peter was the uh, the blender in the kitchen. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! The blender scene. That death was cool. I've never seen anything quite like that before. It was. I I don't I don't imagine this is exactly how it would go in real life. But, Probably not. But putting, it was still effective. But though. throwing throwing logic to the wind, this was a super cool death because Peter actually is a is a a pastor yeah. or something. A shitty one. <laughs> he goes. Uh, to, he goes to jerk off after seeing a dude's ass banging someone in his family. Well, you know, so pretty shitty pastor. <laughs> we've, we've all got our weaknesses. They, they, <laughs> dudes' asses. <laughs> yeah, that's but the one. But he actually, he actually, uh, he starts to pray because he thinks that um, Cletus, which is the name of the killer. Yep. I don't know where he got that name. It's a crazy name for a Australian, isn't it? I do it because Joey. <laughs> Joe even says you don't sound like you're from this because. Joe and uh, D. Wallace's character Diane are both American. Yeah, but they live in Australia with this family. Yep. And uh, um, and he even says Cletus, I, you don't sound like you're from the South, boy, because Cletus has uh, an Australian accent, which is ironic because Cletus is probably the most deep South name I can possibly. <laughs> think That's of. what I'm saying. <laughs> so uh, Cletus, Cletus, hey, Cletus, Cletus hears Cletus hears Peter uh, starting to say the Lord's Prayer. As he thinks he's about to die, and then Cletus starts to recite the well, Lord's well, prayer yeah, with well, he him. Well, he him, "Do you want to pray with me?" Well, he he hears Cletus start to recite the Lord's prayer. Yeah, and he says, "Do you do you pray, Cletus?" And so they kneel there in the kitchen together and they start to pray. What a dick move! And no, what but, a dick move! But right there, like a, that's another one of the opportunities where it seems like no. I'm, I think I'm talking about what comes next. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let me get to that. Sorry. <laughs> So it seems like right there you could have kind of 
uh, I, I'm going to say squash the beef, but in this case, the beef is he's murdered several members of your family. <laughs> so I understand not wanting to like play nice with him, but it seems like you could have talked him down to the point where you could have at least just maybe had him arrested or something. Stopped him from killing people. Stopped him from murdering everybody. <laughs> but but as uh, as Peter's praying, he grabs a knife and then he he stabs him stabs with it. Him. So, uh, Which Cle- in true like, serial killer fashion does nothing to him. Right. And so Cletus takes Peter and there's uh, there's a, uh, I think it's like a, pr- a food processor yep. blade, mm-hmm. but the bowl is missing. It's a blender. So it's, it's, a, just, it's a blender. Oh, it's it's a, a blender without the... Uh, the the which doesn't bowl. which doesn't really make any sense because Usually they're the, within the, the blades bowl, are yeah. inside the bowl whatever but he you see uh you see them wrestling for a second and then Cletus kind of throws Peter down on the counter and then you just see Peter's face kind of get this look of horror and then, and his, then his eyes and then his eyes uh, go dead and then you just see they burst from the back you see like it's uh, you see colors start to swirl in his eyes and you realize that he's he's fallen on the blender and it's like scrambling his brains and you see his eyes turn yep. into blood oh, because i don't even <laughs> care how starts, unrealistic it was it was awesome and then it starts to spew out of his eyes and his mouth yep, and stuff that yep. was a really cool kill <laughs> um yep uh, one of the things that was absolutely realistic that I was like pissed about when I first saw them, when I, when we watched it is there's a part where <laughs> Peter rests a shotgun on Eat Jerry's it. shoulders <laughs> and goes cover your ears <laughs> and then he damn near deafens P, uh, uh, Jerry by shooting a shotgun <laughs> inches away from his face. Yeah, yeah. I and I in that scene I'm like just why I, why don't you just wield a shotgun the way you're supposed to why do you have to rest it on somebody's shoulder yeah I, I, it was mind-boggling to me or, on, cletus wasn't terribly quick you could have just ran at him and shot him with the shotgun yeah they could have really taken him out in a number of ways and they just didn't that's why there were i mean you know overall i had a decent time watching this movie there was a lot of issues yeah I had oh i liked it um we talked earlier about how like, this family just epitomizes the just the shittiness that is just people mm-hmm. and no there's nothing that epitomizes that more than the fact that uh one of the daughters is like seven months pregnant mm-hmm. and she's just taking shots and smoking weed and smoking cigarettes and like just drinking like you wouldn't believe and the family's just giving it to her like <laughs> nobody cares that this almost about to give birth woman <clears throat> is just literally just getting shit faced well one person cares her <laughs> her sister tells her at one point something about caring more about her unborn baby than she does. The mother, though, is, like, giving him... Or, or the uncle, rather, is passing around uh, shots, like, peace shots, yeah. because they were arguing. Mm-hmm. Peace shot? All right. And she take, was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, uh, I mean, not not that I condone that at all, because uh, I don't, but, uh, I, like, you talk you talk to my, like, my grandmother... Uh, who the one who is still alive? Like she, sure. she drank throughout all of her pregnancies. That explains you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. No, no. Like, like my mom skipped a generation. My mom's mom, like she, she drank throughout her pregnancy and and stuff and smoked. It was a different time. Like they didn't. I mean, this is t- 2016, so this woman should know better yes. than to be taking shots while she's pregnant and stuff. But uh, yeah, like back then, they didn't. They didn't know that drinking and smoking and stuff was bad for, no, for guess, your unborn baby. <laughs> the uh, the drinking the, the the substance abuse problems are a theme in these in this movie and the next movie as well. 
Mm. Yeah. A very, a very mm. big theme in the next movie. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, anything else about Red Christmas, though? Like, did you <clears throat> like the movie? Uh, yeah, I did. I Yeah, I, I did. Um, like I said, I don't think I had the same response that you had to it. Yeah. Um, I, I, was, I, don't think it's, I, I don't think it's the type of movie I'm going to be, like, clamoring to get back to. I... The reaction that I had to this movie, I, I I think is probably more so than some people might, and maybe that's just my empathetic nature mm-hmm. to the character and his plight. Yeah. Um, there was a scene in the beginning, especially after he's rejected by the family, he's running through the woods, and he's just like so distraught. And I, for whatever reason, I when when I was watching it, I like I humanized him so much, and I'm thinking, and I I, I couldn't help but think to myself like, this guy just fucking wants to be loved he well, just yeah. wants I mean, a family well yeah that's the running theme felt, throughout I, the entire I thing felt I felt so bad for him though. oh like, sure so incredibly bad for his character yeah I felt I definitely felt he bad for him he just killed that guy but, he's, <laughs> but I feel bad for I him I rooted for him the entire time like fuck this family kill them all <laughs> even though he, I don't even care <laughs> even though he does kill another person prior to the family that guy he literally it, pissed on him yeah that guy literally pissed literally pissed on him his his death uh, so he, he he ends up uh Impaled on a knife sharpener. <laughs> I, I kind of would have liked to have seen that death because I it's, think the, bu- I think the it's budget like a, probably. Uh, it's a took tiny. Away from that. It's like a. It's a tiny little grindstone that he's sharpening a knife on, and it cuts away. And uh, when it comes back to that guy's body, basically Cletus has taken his face and held it up against this grindstone, and then just spun the grindstone. So the guy's face is like halfway, halfway down on the yeah. grindstone. It's, it's pretty gnarly. Pretty gnarly. Yeah. I, like, I liked it, though. Speaking but, of effects that look super real, yeah. how about that placenta at the end? Oh. <laughs> a real placenta. Yeah, they yeah. actually they they used a real placenta in this movie for because the woman ends up giving birth, and this, yep. you know, stress can do that, can send women into labor. And uh, and that's exactly what happens. And they used a real placenta to lay on the bed at the end. Cheaper than creating one? Maybe. My I guess know. is that he knew somebody who was pregnant. Sure. And like, I, I can use this. <laughs> is my is honestly my guess. By the way, are you done with that? <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna eat it? Are you, are you gonna eat, eat it? That? <laughs> uh, which is also real. Yep. Some that's, a, people, that's a horror movie in and of some itself. Some people eat the placenta. I've actually I saw. Um, I don't know if it wasn't like a documentary. It was like a like a TV docu series where there was a woman who kept the placenta and ate it afterwards, and they showed her cooking it and stuff. Once it was fried up, it actually just looked like don't, a. It kind of it kind of looked like a steak. Don't ruin steak for me, please. It did. Don't it kind of looked like oh, a steak. steak. Don't ruin placenta for me, Mike. Bring it, bring it to steak. Come on. Like, I understand why he's vegan now. He doesn't have to eat placenta. I, I take my I take my placenta tartar. Cannibalism so. is okay, okay? Oh, my Lord. Uh, um, this got off the rails. Um, you know, one thing I do want to bring up, though, is uh, the... The lighting was pretty cool. Yeah, because it seemed like yes. in in every in every room, I, I was kind of like that's one reason I would like to go back and either watch the movie again, or I would really like to watch that uh, horror movie, a low budget nightmare documentary, to yep. find out what his uh, like what his motivations were with the lighting because uh, there was one room where it was just red, all, all red. There yep. was one room where it was all gray, and it, I mentioned or, or this- not gray, green. But, I mentioned this last week about a movie where it reminded me of Suspiria. That, yeah, that was this, and this one did again too, though, for the same exact reason. Um, th- this one I'd say more so. Like I think with Dead Alive, it was just 
kind of stylistic choices. Sure, sure. But like with this one, I I get the sense that there was a little bit of deeper meaning behind it as far as what was going on with the particular characters that were in those rooms at the time. Like for most of the movie, or for a good portion of the latter half of the movie, the red room was um, the room that the girl was giving birth in, yep. and it was her and her sister who they really didn't get along at all. And then the green room was usually, uh, um, I want to say, Jerry and his mom. Okay. I think. So I kind of wanted, like, that's why I wanted to know the motivations a little bit to see if the lighting had to do with what those characters were going through at any particular time or if it it was just a stylistic choice. They could be, like, this character had this color kind of thing. Right. Could be. That's what I'm saying. Like, sim. Symbology, you know. What's the what's the symbology? What's the symbology? Um, mood okay. piece. At the end of the day, though. <laughs> at the end of the day, this really was I a really mood piece. I really enjoyed. I'm not even listening to you. I really enjoyed Red <laughs> Christmas. It's like I said, it's not the kind of movie that I want to go back to, but it's the kind of movie that I feel like um, I feel like people should see. It. It's a smart horror movie. You know, it, it has its, it's fun. And it's it has its fun within the slasher genre. I'd say it's definitely different than. Anything that it'll anybody's you used think, to, though, as far as slashers go, it'll make you reevaluate how mean you are to people. Kind of. Well, I'm not mean to people, so. Well, me neither. But I mean, like, I'm mean to you, but that's just yeah, because well. we're friends. <laughs> um, well, I like this movie. I like this movie so much to where uh, last week on the episode mm-hmm. we had talked about a little contest. Oh. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm going there. Okay. All right. I mentioned that we uh, it's Christmas, so we're gonna give a present to somebody. That present is going to be Red Christmas on Blu-ray. On the Blu-ray? The movie we just talked about that we talked so highly about. <laughs> well, there was there was a bit no, of, there I was a bit it. of back and no, forth. No, I like I, I said, liked it a lot. Like I said, I I liked it. I did. Yeah. I just you know I we got I I got to talk critically about some things. Oh yeah. And, sure, and sure. that's what and I, I did. Enjoy, I enjoy movies where you can root for the bad guy. Yeah, and you absolutely I, can. On this I one. do too. Like, like I said, aside from the very last scene, where there was a, um, there was a, a character who, out of all the characters, there was there was one character in the last scene that I would not have stood for if they were killed, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Fair. And so I like the way it ended. Like the way, you but I agree with Justin. I like a I like a movie where you can root for the quote unquote antagonist. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. So, so this, anyway, back to this contest. So the contest we're gonna do, I'll I'll mention it again at the uh, at the end of the hour. But uh, yeah, uh, it's gonna be real simple, real simple this week. Retweet this episode, or re Instagram post it, or re Facebook post it. Just repost. Share it, just share it somewhere. Share this episode and tell us why you like the show. Right. That is it. Tag us in it, and that is your entry fee. You also get a double entry fee if you buy a ticket to go see Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. <laughs> we are we're coming up on our our, uh, our end date for ticket sales for that. Yes. So anybody who has bought tickets so far automatically will have an entrance. Into automatically this. get an entrance into they this. They don't even know it. No, nope, they don't know that yet. Probably won't because they don't listen to our show. If they win, they'll be like, oh. Cool. <laughs> oh, oh, neat. All right. Um, but yeah, that, that's it. So you can get two entries, buy a ticket. We'll, we'll know if you do because we get that info. So uh, buy a ticket, share our shit. Big Brother's watching. Done. Yep. 
That's, that's it. it. That's all. And then you will get Red Christmas on Blu-ray. That's it. And maybe a couple extra goodies. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll figure out some stuff. I might spit in a bag and put that in there. That's worth some money. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth some money because you can take it, have the DNA tested, and we'll find out exactly how many murders Mike has committed oh, in the, yeah, the like greater it. Michigan area. Like Tests it. have come back. You are not the father. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for Red Christmas. So we're going to move on to our second movie for the week, which is Black Christmas from 1974. Yeah. A totally different film. Yes. Could it, not be more different. Very. Uh, directed by a guy named Bob Clark, who also directed Porky's and, believe it or not, A Christmas Story. Two of what? <laughs> honest, honestly, uh, all three of these movies, all three of the movies that you just said, are three of my all-time favorite movies. Really? Yes. Black Christmas. Black. I love this movie. Really? Yeah, okay. Fair I enough. really do. Um, I admittedly had not seen it before. Oh, really? No. This hmm. is my this is this is my uh, first time. Have you seen the remake? No. Oh, okay. Two thousand six. Um, um, no, I I love this movie. I love Porky's. That's like one of the best movies. In the entire world. And, uh, come on, Christmas Story? Duh. Classic. Uh, he also did, later in his career, um, he did probably the most important movie of his career. Yeah. Uh, it goes by the name of Karate Dog. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that, can't... that was That was a... I can't, a, do it. I can't do it. <laughs> that was a seminal outing, uh, which really kind of advanced... It, it advanced the... I mean, the, it was about a dog. It advanced the, the new karate. It advanced the message <laughs> awesome of, of canines that know martial arts. I mean, I mean, that's it, right? It's it's kind of a it's kind of they're kind of the unsung heroes of the martial arts world. It's, it's true. So you haven't lived until you've seen a dog doing the crane. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I I saw another movie where a dog does a crane, but that was like a totally different thing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's talk about Black Christmas. Yes. The blackness of this Christmas is that the majority of the girls in the sorority are alcoholics. That's the blackness of their Christmas. <laughs> There's only, what are you talking about? <laughs> only one of them is. One? Yeah. One? Yes. Who? Well, Two? Margot Kidder's uh, character. Yeah. Barb. Yeah. And the, the house mother. Yeah. Two of them. That's what I said. You said, like, you said the blackness of this Christmas is that every... Every girl in this house is an Two, alcoholic. Two, ten. What's the difference? What's the difference? <laughs> uh, they focus it, on it quite a bit, though. Like, honestly, God, they, between Margot Kidder and the housekeeper, they focus on their alcoholism probably more so than anything else besides the murderer in this entire movie. Well, Bar- Barb's was more like, so, I mean, she was, yeah, she was plastered the whole time. Yeah. I don't. She hid fisk uh, or little, like, pints of whiskey or rum, whatever it was she was drinking, in, like, the the toilet tank. That wasn't Barb. Or, I'm sorry. That was uh, that, that was, was Mrs. Mac. That was Mrs. Mac. Yeah, uh, sorry. And she, still though, she, she's hiding see, on the toilet her, tank. Hers, hers was hers was more comical because she just like she had them stashed in like every single place around the house. Like she went and opened a Bible at one point, and there was a cutout of yeah, and she was drinking sherry. And uh, clearly, alcoholism is comical to James. That's what I'm getting from this. Well, no, hers hers was supposed to be funny because she's she's this house mother who's just kind of dealing with life by coasting along and hiding bottles of sherry all throughout the house. <laughs> and she wasn't like chugging it. She wasn't hammered the whole time. She would just take a little pull off of them every once in a while. Totally, We're sitting totally here surrounded okay. by empty <laughs> bottles right now, Mike. 
<laughs> Don't talk to me about comical alcoholism because that's exactly what this is. But, but, but this is just dudes drinking beers. We're just dudes. Like ours is not even hidden. It's right here in the cooler. So uh, no, we've, we've, it, we've dealt with that before, though. In fairness, people. Oh yeah. Well, we don't need to get yeah, real right yeah. now. Um, no. So Margot Kidder's character, though Barb, I got the sense wasn't she was she was drinking more because she was disappointed about how the holiday was going, right? Yeah. Because she was supposed to go meet up with her mother. She was also and her feeding. Mom canceled on she her. was also feeding a child booze at the police station <laughs> at one point in time. So, so I think she might have more of a problem than she leads on. Not at the police station. You was getting it? your shit all messed no, up. No, it was tonight. at the police station. No, they were at they were at the fraternity. They were at the fraternity house. I think they were at their brother, like their brother fraternity house. Did you read the synopsis for this yet? Yeah, I don't think so. No, <laughs> nobody knows what we're talking about. Uh, so during the Christmas break, a group of sorority girls are stalked by a stranger who loves <laughs> who loves to use the word pussy and cock and cock and cunt and cunt and lick it. Oh, lick it. Oh, lick so it. creepy. Oh, I was playing it for Jay early before you got here, and Jay's like, "What the fuck?" And he brought up a good point. When you hear those words, mm-hmm. and especially those that order yeah. nowadays in a movie, you're taken aback by it. Can you imagine the 70s? Dude. This is the first movie to ever use the word cunt in mainstream <laughs> is it really? movie. Yeah. Really? At least that's what I read. Can you imagine people's reaction to that, though? Like oh, hearing no. that for the first time I'm, back in the 70s? I'm fairly certain from everything that I've heard about the history of this movie, there was there was not a lot about this movie that didn't shock and offend people. Like just the fact that you had a a Christmas movie that was dealing with this uh, not only perverted but also psychopathic killer who's coming around in the holidays yeah. to, to murder people. And like then, that's and then good, the good thing, Christmas time. Huh? Good Christmas time. Well I yeah, sounds... I think of the fact that Bob Clark also directed a Christmas story and I'm like, oh you stuck your tongue to a pole, you cunt. <laughs> <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and the How crazy you... thing too, this was loosely based off of real events. It was? There was like uh, a yeah. in, in Canada, Quebec, Montreal, something like that. Um, some, all the same place. That all you know, Quebec, Montreal, Canada. Yeah, you, you know, you know, or Egypt. <laughs> one of those. No, I, I, I think it was Quebec, and there there was some similar story like this: murders that were happening around um, Christmas, the sorority house. Yeah, and, really? and, there, and there was also uh, I've heard that before. There was yeah. also like an old uh, wives' tale story, like a uh, uh, urban legend kind of thing that kind of all tied. In, that that had to do tether. with the whole like when a stranger calls kind <laughs> of thing where like, thing, the call is right. coming from in the house. Yeah. And see, in the uh, I'll just jump to the to the remake, even though we're not talking about the remake tonight. But they actually play on that aspect of it a little more in the remake. Like they, uh, I believe, in the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where all the sorority sisters are sitting around and they're telling the story of Billy and Agnes, like it's sort of a like a campfire tale. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So they do touch on that. That's that's one of the things that I I like and dislike about the original is there's like I like I like the mystery behind a killer. Like I don't necessarily need to be told why a killer is doing what they're doing because in real life, yeah. People, you don't know. Yeah. In real life there are serial killers and the, and you never really know their motives, you know, which is it makes it it makes it scary. <laughs> but in this movie the the depth of this guy's insanity and he's, the th- and the things that he says it's like 
It's like, come it's on. Legendary. I, I need to like, know. It really I, is. I like, need to know why the hell you're talking about this stuff. Here's a movie where I would not be opposed to somebody making a spinoff about the killer. I know that people would hate that. People would well, hate you that. You haven't you haven't seen the remake yet. They actually. They, oh, do they? They actually go into the whole. But the remake though is new canon though. I'm talking about the old, the the original movie yeah. from the 70s. Let's make a spinoff about that character and what was going through. I want to know what those sounds were on the other side of the phone. Yeah. Because clearly they weren't all him. What was going what on? What else was there? Who else was what there? What was going on over there? Because there was some fucked up shit yeah, going really on on the other stuff. side of that phone. Mm-hmm. There would be, I, and I, I would not want to see it done in like a Hollywood kind of way. I want to see it done. Like like Rob Zombie needs to make that movie. That's why. Is that, why is that not Hollywood? Well, he works. Even though he's Hollywood, I don't know. Like Rob Zombie is the kind of guy where he's gonna do whatever he wants to do, and Hollywood's gonna put his movie out because of his name. Yeah. But he can get away with stuff that your typical A-list Hollywood flicks are not gonna be able to like get away with. Like saying the word "cunt" and "here's why." Here's why. I know what you're saying though. Here's, he would give it that old, almost documentary-esque like, style. Horror yes. to it. Here's, Actually, here's, here's why a... I disagree with you. I I think that uh, I, I I think that yeah, sure. Like Rob Zombie is he the way he writes is like dirty, filthy language and stuff like that. And it kind of would serve uh, Billy and yeah. the way he antagonizes the girls. But the, Billy, the... Did, we, did we talk about this? Billy is like what they refer to as the killer, right? But. Uh, the the rest of the way he would make the film okay, like I, I agree I, I, I agree I feel like I feel like if you make the whole film in that sort of Rob Zombie white trash dirty filthy kind of way it kind of takes away from the shock of what Billy was actually saying have you to ever them. seen um, the Nicolas Cage classic <laughs> <laughs> eight millimeter uh, uh, yeah yes. yeah it's actually a really good movie no, it, it really is, yeah. is Nicolas Cage actually gets a pass on that one because he's they're actually, the, the movie's really good yeah but you remember how dark and twisted that movie gets yeah that's the kind of movie that I want to see the remake or, or the spinoff sure explaining the Billy himself right like, that's the kind of movie that I want to see doing the Billy story mm-hmm. and I think it'd be really good really dark and just dirty and gross and and fucked up. Like, because clearly he's fucked up. Like, I want to know where this guy... I'm more intrigued about Billy than I am the entire rest of this movie. Well, watch the remake, then. You know? <laughs> well, fair enough. No, dude, they, they... Is the uh, remake good? Uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. I can't remember if it, if I... AKA at all. No, I have. I've, I've seen it before. <laughs> um, It's, uh... It, it, it It's very different just because you know... You kind of know the motivation of the killer the entire time there is a twist there's a twist at the end what's a twist what's a twist so uh but it the movie starts by showing you what happened to him the yeah kind of okay. the background of and why he's always talking about agnes and stuff okay like that. So okay it's, well it's, fair enough fair enough. it's it's weird and it shows him killing his folks and making cookies out of their flesh and stuff like that it's oh what is yeah that, are you lying or is no that no no, no that's that's the real deal flesh cookies into that into that <laughs> So anyway, um, going um, back to 1974. Yes, um, I was taken aback a bit by Margot Kidder. Why is that? Uh, because I just can't see Superman falling in love with with this version of Margot Kidder at all. <laughs> like, it's funny. I, I only know her really from this movie now mm-hmm. and Superman. Like like mm-hmm. she, you know she was Lois Lane. 
if this if this, if Superman knew her past when Lois was in college, I don't think he go. I don't think he would have gone for. Her. Oh, sure he would. have. I don't think so. Absolutely. I I I, I don't know, man. Hey, he's got he's <laughs> he's got. I don't know. He's got secrets to keep, so he needs a girl who <laughs> <laughs> who also has secrets to keep. <laughs> who might not always remember what she sees. <laughs> Um, <laughs> fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. no, yeah. She just uh, she plays she, al- she plays a pretty good drunk. She's pretty much plastered throughout this entire yeah. movie. Yeah, she does play a good drunk though. I'll give you that. Um, yeah. Where did you? Uh, so what stood out about the movie? Like what? What did you actually like about it? Um, to me, I feel as though I've never been to an all-girl sorority. Yet, yet, Michael. No, I've not. Clearly, I've never like like lived in something like that. Yeah. But like, I feel as though it was pretty true to form. Maybe not about the alcoholic like like den mother, if you will. But like, I feel like the, 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 they were normal kids. They drank a lot. They they partied. They didn't really care about their studies as much as they probably should. Like, it was a very realistic. Uh, maybe I'm. Sp- Talking on my ass because I've literally never been to a sorority. Like I, I, <laughs> I don't just know. To see where you're it going seems with it seems legit though. Like it seems believable. You it mean, was written in a way that was very believable. You mean it? It seems believable that college kids like to party. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> that sounds a lot. Sounds that. a lot dumber when you say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't. It's. I mean, then there's the whole arc of uh, uh, the character of Jess and her pregnancy. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. You're right. It's like, like. Her boyfriend's all in. He's yeah, like Peter. He's like, was it Peter? P- uh, yeah. Yeah, Peter was the main dude. Like he was the main guy, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, he was. He was all in. He was like, "Yes, let's have this baby." I'm like, "What are you like, 17? <laughs> <laughs> these are these are sorority girls. You can't be older than like 17, 18 years old. You know what I mean?" And he's just like, "Let's have this baby. Let's do it. Let's do it, baby." Now, <laughs> P and the V. <laughs> they already did that. Oh yeah, that's why they're having the baby. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> B out of the V. <laughs> now this, uh, I think, is this the movie that I think I'm prep because this one was this one the one that was released a- around the same time as uh... no, what was was there there was a Christmas horror movie? Oh, that might have been Silent Night, Deadly Night. The one that was released like right at the well, same time as uh, no, as, Black, as Black the Christmas. first nightmare. Black no, Black Christmas was uh, it's regarded as the first holiday slasher movie. Uh, Halloween was actually drafted to be a sequel to this at was the it very really? beginning. Yeah, uh, John Carpenter had originally written it to be a sequel to Black Christmas, mm-hmm. and then it just ended up not being. That was very early on in in its in Halloween's life cycle, and then it ended up becoming what it was. But Black Christmas is is uh, credited as the first uh, holiday slasher flick. I mean, it was really one of the earliest slasher fix yeah. flicks in general. Slasher fix. Slasher fix. <laughs> slasher fix. Slasher fix. <laughs> um, yeah, there's other stuff. I mean, there was like when a stranger calls, and there was uh, some other ones. I, well, I this came. I, well, Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out Same also year. in '74, yep. right? Yep. Um, but which it's funny when you look at when you look at the difference between the two movies. Like Texas Chainsaw was clearly ahead of its time. This yeah. this movie felt like the '70s. Texas Chainsaw, no. That was ahead of that was Toby Hooper was doing something special in Texas. Yeah. Something special in Texas. Something special in Texas. Well, everything is bigger in Texas. Can we talk all. about Saxton? Yeah. Sure. Please? Yeah. Because he's amazing. Uh yeah. 
He looks like um <laughs> he looks like he could be Zach Efron's father. He does. <laughs> he looks exactly like him in this movie. It's weird. It never dawned on me, but you're absolutely right. You're 100% right. Right? Like in like in 25 years, that's what Zac Efron's going to look like, I think. If you uh, don't know who we're talking about, we're talking about John Saxon, uh, who was uh, uh, Lieutenant F- uh, Fuller in this one. Yeah. And uh, he was also in... Uh, I mean, he's uh, he was in... Uh, well, he played um, Heather Langenkamp's father, father in the Nightmare yep. movies. Which is probably what he's most famous for, quite yeah. frankly. But he's been in a, a shit ton of horror movies. Oh, yeah. Like, Tons and tons and tons. Yeah. Kind of a cult favorite. Um, aside from John Saxton, though, uh, one of the things that I liked about this movie a lot is the point of view shots they did mm-hmm. of the uh, of him climbing up like the trellis outside, like yeah. him coming through the attic. Actually, that was a really big thing that I saw. That was like, that I I've seen point of view shots a lot of times. The way that they shot this though was almost a little bit more personal with the with the killer mm-hmm. because they actually strapped a camera to the guy's shoulder. Oh, so did you're they? seeing literally everything he's doing and it's not just a camera doing the movements of what you would see. Imagine imagine that what that would have had to have been like back in the seventies yeah, to shoot a, like a that. Because, crazy ordeal. Because yeah. nowadays it wasn't nowadays cameras are, you know, right. like two You in, do it with the GoPro. Yeah, you could do it with a GoPro and it looked fine. The camera was the size of a small car. <laughs> yeah, it's like just strapped to his shoulder. It's like there's a Volvo on your arm. <laughs> it's like why why is the camera always leaning to the right in all these Which, POV shots? In fairness though, if you think about it though, he was kinda clumsy. Uh, the guy that was like doing all the moves was a little bit clumsy. I wonder if that was because he was fighting against the weight of the camera on his shoulder. Probably. It very well could have been. I um, I I like that. Well, kind of kind of going off of that point, and then to spin into something else here. There's the scene. It's a POV shot where uh, after I think it's after he kills Mrs. Mack, the house mother of the the of the uh, sorority house. Yeah. And he's up in the attic. That's where he takes all of his victims. And he's kind of like putting together sort of this like family of dead bodies for himself. Like he's got his original victim. That's normal. He's got his original victim and probably the most recognizable from from the whole movie, which is uh, Claire. Yeah. The first girl that he kills and he wraps her head in... uh, like he kills her by suffocating her with with plastic. It yep. looks like a like a plastic garment bag or something, and then he keeps the garment bag on her head, and puts her in a rocking chair up in the attic right next to the window, kind of like looking out over the street. <clears throat> and that's even the cover of the of the, of the movie is Claire's body sitting there like inside of a wreath, just with with the plastic bag over her head. Mm-hmm. And he watches the taxi drive away after. He kills Mrs. Mack, and then he just starts to flip out, and it's one of those POV shots, and you just hear him. It kind of it's like it's like he's half laughing and half crying, and he's like he starts rocking the rocking chair like really aggressively that Claire is sitting in, and then he just starts trashing trashing the attic and stuff. And one of the things that has always got me about this movie is that he's just so he's like he's so insane, you know? Like they don't really. In slasher movies, they don't usually really like dive in depth into the actual the men- ma- the, the madness of the person. Like, yeah, the madness, the actual <laughs> mental state of the person. Like, kids, you have um, Michael Myers. You know, he's 
Well, he's scary because you don't know anything about him. Typically. Exactly. Yeah. It, and he's very like until Michael, he has a curse, and then it's all weird. Michael Myers <laughs> is very stoic, uh, even when he's like killing people. Uh, Jason's very stoic, even when he's Freddy killing Kruger's people. Freddy Krueger's very not none of the above. Like, Whim, he's, whimsical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this—that's a good way of saying it. But this guy is—he's—he's he's very like he. He, he kills the people and he's able to kind of sneak around and, and be quiet about when he's actually doing his work. And then it's like when, as soon as that's done, he goes back to being just completely batshit crazy. Yeah. Which is one of the things that I find the scariest about this movie is that he just... Well, and that goes to, that goes to the point to where this movie, you never really know who the killer is. You know that, you know that they refer to him as Jerry or as... Uh, Billy. Billy. Um, sorry, get my movies mixed. Well, up he here. refers to himself as Billy. Yeah. Well, so, but so nobody, but the, nobody but the else audience is... though typically refers to him as that because right. of that that scene. Um, you don't know who he is though, which mm-hmm. you don't get that in a lot of horror movies nowadays. Like typically, you have to have a wrap up in every horror movie nowadays or every slasher. You know who's killing you. Eventually, their backstory is told. And and they, they, they wrap it up into a nice little package with a nice little bow on it and everything's fine. Right. This movie doesn't do that. This movie half wraps the package and then says, Fuck you, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Like they it, it doesn't explain it, which is well, they, terrifying on its own right. They kinda get to a place where you think because they, they mis they mislead you a little bit because uh Peter, yeah. who is Jess's boyfriend. Peter Peter He seems like he The real piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. But he he seems like he uh he seems like he's got some baggage. Like you, you think like, well, maybe he is. Maybe he's just losing it. You know. Maybe he's flying southwest. What? <laughs> he's got baggage. <laughs> maybe he's just losing it, and like, and and he's actually the one killing people, and maybe he's Could got be? like dual personalities well, or something. They do and then show even toward the end of the movie that you you think like, oh, maybe that's that maybe that's who it was the whole time, and then like the very last shot of the movie, you hear. Billy off talking to himself again, yeah. and it's like, oh, what the fuck? Well, you and do they see never. Though, there's no expose. Like you, you don't do get... see at one point in time, the killer's eyes, and like an outline of his hair. So you can see his hair, but you can't really make out his face all that much. Right. And it looks like Peter. Right. It really, really does. So I almost wonder if it's. I don't know. Like, is it possible that Peter was the killer? No. Not at all. No, because Peter was dead at the end of the movie. Ah, fuck! You're right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. No, Jess. Jess kills Peter at the end of the movie, and then she's like conked out in bed. Which why wouldn't they take her to a hospital? They keep her in in her bed, in her room in that house where several of her friends have been murdered. And uh, and then you think like, oh, good night, well, sleep tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See ya. Well, and then they, they they don't even leave like a cop in the room with her. Like they all the they 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 have one on the porch like guarding the house, but everybody else just kind of leaves. Maybe maybe she ordered a big gulp. What? All right. See ya. Oh. <laughs> well, see you later. Uh, and and so she she's just there by herself, and you think like, oh, maybe she maybe she did the job. Like she yeah. killed Peter. Maybe he was insane, and now he's dead. Even even if that were the case, you still you still got no explanation as to why he was doing what he was doing if he was the killer. But it turns out he wasn't. Yeah. And Billy's still up in the attic talking to himself. So Billy at this point in time is still is still out there. He's a complete enigma. He's just I like it. He's, I like it. Well that's why I'm saying, like that's what I, I kinda liked about this movie and was kind of frustrating at the same time. 
you have all these things like these weird phone calls where he's obviously either he's really good at changing his voice or there's more things going on that you don't really know about. He's talking about himself and Agnes the whole time. Like he's actually referring to his victims as Agnes. Like he he says to them like he says Agnes, you, you don't. It's me, Billy. Don't tell them what we did. This, this right goes, before he kills them. This goes like, back. What the fuck? What, is, what is he talking weird. about? This goes back to what I was saying. I we need this movie about Billy and his victim of Agnes and amongst other girls. I I need this movie in my life. I really want it, and I really want Nicolas Cage to what? be the one to find him. <laughs> I really want that. But. Well, you, well, you got it. In 2006 with the remake. I don't do know why really, you keep... Do they really go that far into detail about his whole entire backstory? You know, you know, every, I, if, if memory serves, you know pretty much everything that you don't know about Billy in this movie, Yeah, you find out about it in 2006. Okay. Because they wouldn't have been able to make this movie in 2006 with the kind of uh, moviegoers that we oh yeah you can't leave become, anything to, to, you can't, you can't yeah. yeah there's you're not allowed to leave things a mystery anymore no. because people will be outraged and if you do leave it a mess uh, if you do leave it a mystery you better be coming out with a sequel because i need to know what that was all about you know not me personally i'm just speaking you but know, you do too the, the universal you do too, me though. no because like i said <laughs> like this movie i'm i'm more i'm more intrigued like i like in this instance, like if I had only ever seen this movie and not seen the the remake, and this was all the information that I had to go off of, my mind is what makes up the rest of the movie, sure. and my mind can sure. get pretty fucked up sometimes. So like I'm I'm left making up these weird stories in my mind as to who the hell Billy is, who's Agnes, why was he not supposed to be alone with Agnes? Because obviously, like during the phone calls, you hear his parents yelling at each other and saying why did you leave billy alone with agnes and stuff like yeah. that so, so like make up your own version right now go Ooh. well i already saw the remake so i kind of know billy's that. father no, no, was a cobbler and he used the soles of people's real feet to put on other soles of other people's shoes and and ah! <laughs> all right billy Ghost billy, billy yeah. is the, go, billy go is the son of a multi-millionaire he lives in his house and mm -hmm. he has absolutely no idea of the real world the only kicks that he gets is out of torturing people because it's the only way he can actually feel his own life. Mm -hmm. So he abducts these girls, Agnes being his favorite, and he sets his sights on the girls of the sorority. Maybe he's always preyed on girls in the sorority. But why would Who his knows? parents be concerned about Billy being left alone with Agnes? Because they know what he's doing, but they're not going to say anything because if they admit that, then they're... They're, they they could be let me, they they could be senators. Let me they steer, could be let me, they could be people. Let me steer you in a direction here. Wouldn't it make sense that Agnes and Billy are related to one another? Maybe Agnes was his little sister. There you go. Boom. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I you can you could make an entire movie out of this though, and it would be great. I'm gonna write it. I you heard it first here on the Buzzkill podcast. I challenge you to do just that. I'm going to write. <laughs> I'm going to write the spinoff to Black I'm, Christmas. I'm going to write Black Christmas 2006. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. It's already been and made. The horse but... that you fucked in wrote it on. <laughs> All right. Well, I think. Um... I think unless you want to tell me a favorite kill or anything like that, um, then we can uh, we can probably wrap this up. I think uh, my favorite kill would probably be. Uh, probably the most famous kill in the movie, and that's when Margot Kidder's character Barb gets killed. She gets destroyed by like a 
glass unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> like what a way to go. And it's funny because you know, growing up, uh, my my mother had a lot of these glass animal type figurines. You know, like it was kind of a big thing. I think back in the day, I don't know, mm-hmm. but she had a lot of them. And so looking at this collection that she had, like there was the unicorn, there was like some storks or swans or swans something or, say, yeah. or schwanz maybe <laughs> glass schwanzes uh, on her on her wall. But like I. I that's it's familiar to me because I, I remember seeing those growing up, mm-hmm. you know. So for someone to be killed by this glass unicorn spiky glass thing, yeah. <laughs> like I don't know, it, it's familiar to me and it makes it a little bit more <clears throat> relatable. Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, that fucking sucks. <laughs> like you're getting stabbed to death by my mother's figurines. Like I don't know, it's weird. Well, and like you said too, that's kind of where like that's the. That shot where he raises the the uh, unicorn above his head, and you can just see the light on just his one eye. Yep, that's like one of the most iconic shots in yeah. the entire movie. Like I say, so. it, it's it's a pretty famous thing, but it might be my favorite in the entire movie because a you have one of your main characters that mm-hmm. you don't expect to die right away, especially watching it. Uh, maybe not at the time, but after knowing Margot Kidder's lineage or, or history with yeah. movies. You don't expect her character to die that early on in the movie, so it's a little bit of a shock, you right? Know? Um, well, that's not that's not that's actually right toward the end of the movie. Is it towards the end? Yeah. Is it? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, she's the she's the last person to actually die on screen, and then uh, the character of Phil dies soon after off you're screen. You're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. So it's no. She's she's around for. Forget what I said. She just maybe it's, you're thinking because she's actually she's not on screen for for quite a while at that point in the movie because she. Well, because she's sleeping they, upstairs. They in her send bed. her upstairs she's, to yeah. go to bed because she's, she's hammered, drunken stupor. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, she she answers the phone a bunch. She's drunk a bunch. She's in the police station a bunch. She feeds a kid booze a bunch, <laughs> and then she passes out for like forty five minutes, and then she dies. <laughs> exactly. Um. Mine would probably, I'd probably just, I'd probably go with Claire's death. Yeah. Yeah. The the first the first kill in the movie, the uh, plastic bag over the head. I think just because I think, well, I think it just because it keeps going back to her. And to me, that to me, the image of her sitting in the rocking chair with the bag over her head is like one of the most frightening things. So I agree. Yeah. No, but overall, I I I don't know, man. I love this movie. I think this is a. A classic. I'm oh, not, sure. I'm not alone. I'm not alone in that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think that's probably it, eh? So I think that I chose red over I, your black. I chose black. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's agree to disagree. Let's fine. Black. <laughs> Jay went black. Jay, Jay's back. <laughs> Jay's back, and he went black. So <laughs> Jay is black. All right. No, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that's it for our Red versus Black Christmas so. edition. Um, if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on SoundCloud, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Horror Amino at the Buzzed Kill Podcast. Not even going to say it. Uh, Shut up. <laughs> you can also find us at uh, on Twitter at the Buzzed Kill PC. You can also go on iTunes and other Apple-affiliated programs mm-hmm. called iTunes. <laughs> uh, and you can give us a rating and give us a comment and, uh, you know, make us larger than life, baby. <laughs> larger than life, baby. If you want to <laughs> find J-Raj, you can find me on all social media at Ocean Recording. 
And also check out www.oceanrecordingstudio.com for all your fantastic audio needs. Uh, also, so we mentioned earlier to uh, earlier in the show, and I'll mention it again, we have a contest going on. You can win your own very copy. You say that again? <laughs> you can own, win your own... <laughs> you win your own very copy of Red Christmas <laughs> on Blu-ray. Very own. Own very. Your own, own very. very. Continue. <laughs> oh, Michael. I hate you guys so much. You can win your very own copy of Red... Am I good this time? Yeah. Of Red Christmas on Blu-ray simply by retweeting or reposting or sharing just it share, any way, shape, Just share form. the episode. Uh, this episode. That's it. That's all and, you do. Uh, tell, and tell us why you like our, our podcast. Right. That's it. Or tell us why you don't like it. We're, sure. we're up to constructive sure. criticism. Equal opportunity. <laughs> uh, if you would like to get a double entry, make sure you pop on and buy tickets to our screening of Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Uh, you can either find those on, there's a link on pretty much all of our social media yep. um, At this point, yeah. profiles. You can also just go straight to www.gather.us slash screening slash 21887 go scoop those up and let's make this thing happen yes please we're getting down to the wire so we're we're begging we are on our knees begging we are literally begging right now right now you can't see me you can't see me but i'm doing it (laughs) he's got his hands in a begging (laughs) yeah anyway Uh, instead of a uh so also it's christmas guys it's christmas merry christmas merry christmas it is after midnight so that makes it christmas it does you're right um so instead of an outro track, we're going to leave you with the greatest Christmas song ever on the, written on the face of the earth, written by yours truly and yours truly and and yours truly. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us, baby. All three of us, plus a couple other crazy cats. This uh, is our Christmas song from 2000... 2012. 12, it, yeah. it was our tribute to hair metal bands and also yeah. the uh, the the jolly fat man. So we're going to end you with. Uh, hail, hail Santa! A little song that's called Hail Santa. Just like we did last year, right? Yep. This is gonna be a yearly thing, so it's deal with it. Be. So stick around for that hot track. That's it. Cheers, in, boys. In two seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Timmy wants a bicycle for Christmas. Nope. Who was the Santa listen to when he's flying through the night? Who was the Santa rock?